Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Back in the day, they released an action comedy anime called The Castle of Cagliostro. It's a loop in the third story, but I've always just known it as The Castle of. It's one of four anime movies that have helped shape my love for anime as a genre. There was uh, Vampire Hunter D, uh, Akira, and the Fist of North Star movie as well. I always yell, Akira! Because there's a character in Akira. That's like the Canadian and North American version of like saying it really is Akira. But, you know, everybody over here is like, have you seen Akira? Yeah, man. I saw Akira. <laughs> well, um, I always say it that girl, way, but I'm always the, thinking of Akira the, the little girl, I think it's the little girl psychic, like calls out to his character in that tone of voice. And so in my head, I can always hear the way she says his name. But, um... Before we get into the tale of Lupin the Third and the castle of Cagliostro, we're going to go to some home video headlines. Uh, unfortunately, folks, we lost a legend. The last golden girl, Betty White. She passed away. They actually called her their first lady of television. I don't even know that. Her career goes all the way back to like something like 1949. There was like a sketch talk show or something called Hollywood on Television that aired in 49. So you probably know her as Rose from the Golden Girls, which I think she's the silly one, right, Dave? Like, her character was the ditzy she, one, right? Yeah, she's the dumb one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, she played Grandma Rose in The Proposal, which is a romantic comedy with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. But she's good in that. Oh, she's good in everything, but she's good in that. You probably also know her as, like, the slightly twisted farmer's wife, Dolores Bickerman, and, like, Placid, who feeds her <laughs> husband and then passerbys and her cows to a... a, a a crocodile or whatever that lives in there, or the is it a crocodile or is it either an alligator or a crocodile that lives in there? I think alligator because it's alligator, it's a gator, yeah. So it's like a she feeds people to the gator anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, uh, she was almost 100 years old. Um, she was like less than three weeks away, <laughs> like from turning 100. 100, yeah. The, yeah. The, the funny thing is, too, is there's already, in fact, I have emails of like from Peacock saying, like, oh, on the 14th, there's the Betty White 100th mm-hmm. and a, a birthday celebration. They're, oh, they're still gonna air that. Birthday they're gonna air it anyway. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah, do it anyway. it's a memorial, probably. You know? I mean, as they should, but way to go out on the last day of the year. You have the whole world celebrating your life. Mm. So, Betty White fashion, I thought that was pretty, you know. Yeah, they're calling her a boss for going out on top like that. Yeah. 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 yeah I um, my mini Golden Girls marathon after. I mean, how could you not? Right. Wearing, wearing the shirt. I mean, nobody's seeing this right now, but I am wearing a Golden <laughs> Girls shirt. <laughs> he is. And then I think he started watching it, Little Marathon. In honor of Hulu. (laughs) Uh, So this Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland that we were joking how great it was in the last episode when we hadn't seen it yet, but we're pretending to have seen it because (laughs) that episode was going to air after the New Year holiday, right? So 
So it's made almost a billion dollars, and it's worth like almost 15% of the current U.S. box office. Now, I know it's slim pick, slim pickings right now, but they're like, oh, yeah. There's also like a rumor that they're actually pushing for like a Best Picture Oscar nod. Now, I, I don't – okay, maybe I'm judgmental. I actually don't rank comic book movies or superhero movies as Oscar-worthy. I never have. Like, I enjoy these movies, but I never think them as award winners. But I will say, like, this third movie is probably good because, I mean, they went and got the Spider-Man goat. And I'm not talking about a spider goat, like literally a spider <laughs> mutant goat. I'm talking about the G-O-A-T, which is like an abbreviation, greatest of all time. They went and got Tobey Maguire to make an appearance. And so you bring in Tobey, of course you're going to get a billion dollars at the box office. I mean, he like it's kind of like American Idol. Like, how often can you cast the greatest singer in America? Right. How often can you go and find somebody that can personify Peter Parker, Spider-Man? Like, oh, it's like Batman. It's like, yeah, we've had some good turns. Like, some people like Christian Bale. But for the most part, I think people are like, yeah, Michael Keaton's fucking Batman, and that's just the way it is. Like, so, so, I think so it's just have... a generational thing, you know? Yeah. Which one you were at the right each, age for. Each it. generation has to have a Peter Parker. Although, I, I even though Tobey Maguire is technically the one you think I would latch on to because of... Uh, came out in high school you like the dark i know who you like you like the emo dark horse you like uh i know who you like garfield if you, had no. to, you don't like garfield oh, i, I would have pegged you for being a garfield no i see i see he's like he's like what i call the pretty boy if i had to categorize him like the greatest of all time is toby mcguire the dark horse and running is is uh andrew whatever garfield. garfield and then and then holland is just like the pretty one well, That's how actually I distinguish them. Teenager, where the other two never really did for me. They were good. They're okay in their roles, but they never actually looked like they were teenagers. Mm. I see. Right. There's only one Spider-Man, in my opinion, and it's Tobey Maguire. So, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. It's not because I haven't <laughs> seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, has to do with the fact that, that we haven't seen any of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. You know no. what's funny is. Uh, the Golden Arm Twitter account is still hot, even though the movie's been out for a while. And um, sometimes the actors will retweet things. And so we've had, like, over the course of, like, a few weeks, like, they interact with our Twitter and, and other people's Twitters when they're talking about the movie. And then one of the actors, the one playing the coach, who's who Dave, you told us, was actually really a famous arm wrestler in real life, mm-hmm. Dot Marie like Jones. Like 20 championships. Yeah, so something. she came out of nowhere and like was hyping up the interest in, like, what if they did a part two? And I was like, I was like, yeah, what if they did do a part two? Like, what would happen? So, like, oh. I kind of want to know, like, potential sequels. Like, uh, I responded back by saying, like, oh, man, they got to do this thing like Rocky Three, And Rocky III, um, Mr. T is, like, obsessed with defeating rocky because he thinks rocky has lost what they call the eye of the tiger and in the fight world it's this thing that makes a fighter hungry and like really care about what they're doing and at that point rocky's like doing endorsement deals and you know cereal commercials and waterbed commercials you know what i mean and and then you have a really hungry fighter who like wants to establish themselves and then like rocky has to redeem himself in that movie because he, he loses his he loses that like fighter spirit right i'm like that would be my golden golden arm too it's like she loses the golden arm and has to get it back by the end of the movie. And then I thought, like, oh, well, let's ratchet up the conflict. If the Melanie character, which is the golden arm, and, and Danny, who would have been in the competition if she hadn't hurt herself, like, if the two friends have to go at it, right? So then it's almost like you can take like, a little bit of Rocky 2 and Rocky 3 and mix them together. But I was like, you can go cast a female Mr. T, right? You can go get that character whose name is Clubber Lang. 
from Rocky Three and have like a female personification of like that type of character, right? And then, then I was like, you know what? We talk about this movie so much on Twitter and we've talked about it in the podcast. I was like, I made a joke and this is just me fantasizing. I was like, hey, bring me in as like an obsessed fan that like recaps the whole first movie by telling you where the heroes are, right? Like, oh, since winning the championship, the golden arm has gone to blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that would uh, be like the, the announcer or you could actually just be something. a podcaster covering the ladies arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh. What a way to write myself Cameos. into a franchise. Yeah. I included the writer on that tweet, like, hey, come on, you know? Get me for scale. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your you guys got some ideas for this? For like if you did a Golden See if Arm I two? if I were to write if I were to do a sequel for that, I would say place it like, I don't know, five, seven years in the future where maybe mm. she she's past her prime, like, you know, she's out of the game and something has to pull her back. I don't know, you know, what it is. Uh just thinking off the top of my head, but I, I want to see like the, you know, she has to get her spirit back kind of a th- story. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I liked your little hypothesis, Danny and Melanie, maybe having to go at it in a final yeah. round or something, yeah. you know, have them go head to head would be pretty, that'd be pretty awesome. I'd watch that. I was like watching it play out as you were just describing it. In my brain, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. That's funny. Yeah, good stuff. All right, now we'll talk about a cartoon movie that we hyped at the beginning of the episode. So, the castle of Cagliostro. Uh, the master thief, Lupin the Third, he discovers that some money he robbed from a casino is actually counterfeit. He tracks it down to a region called Cagliostro, where there is a castle, and it's rumors that the forgery has come from within the castle, and he's got to scope it out. And he finds out, like, the Count of Cagliostro is going to, like, marry his cousin, Clarice, and, like, rejoin the family, the royal family, to unlock some kind of buried treasure or some kind of secret within the castle. Um, a very unholy union. All his guys run around with gadgets. Dave will explain that later. And like ninjas with like robotic arms. And he's got another thief that helps him out, whose name is like Gagan, is like his friend. Then they, I don't remember a samurai popping up, but at one point they recruit another friend who's a samurai. Then they got, there's a female thief named Fujika who has a lot of grenades for some reason. Um, and there's a cop who doesn't like him, Inspector Zanata or something like that. And I don't know. When I was a kid, I didn't remember any of these names. All I remember is like the antics of the castle where he has like swim through the underwater tunnels. Um, I, I'm not going to lie about the pacing. I thought it was much slower paced than I remembered. I remember being very riveted as a kid, but thinking this time around, it's a little bit slow. But other than that, let's see if Dave can back up some dangerous facts about the castle of Cagliostro. What do you got, Dave? I did. Uh, so actually, this is Hayao Miyazaki's first feature film as a director. Uh, you probably all know that because he went on to do such classics as Prin- Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away, which we actually did Mon- Mononoke on this show. Yeah, um, in an episode called Demon Worms. You can look it up. <laughs> Um, so this is actually a uh, loop in the third is actually a long franchise going back to 1965 with a manga series written and illustrated by monkey punch. That is the actual illustrator's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so the franchise, uh, span well, street manga. name, you know, it's like a, it's like if an artist named themselves, I'm sure he was like not Banksy. born with the name. Yeah. 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 Um, so the franchise actually spans manga, multiple animated and live action TV series, uh, movies, and video games. So this is like basically in every format. 
Mm. Um, so this is something interesting I found out. Um, so there was a spinoff series uh, to be named Lupin the Eighth that was being created for Western audiences as a co-production between TMS, which was the Japanese company, and Deke, which um, kids of the 80s probably know that very well. Uh, but various legal issues and the state of the character of Lupin the Hold on, I'll interrupt you. Let me explain Deke to everybody. So <laughs> at one point, you couldn't have a children's cartoon with without some kind of fake educational messaging behind it like you couldn't air an action cartoon on u.s television mm. without a message at the end where and they used to do it like in the older cartoons where the characters would just run onto the screen and be like and remember kids uh unplug the christmas tree or you'll have a fire da, 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 da. You know? <laughs> like see you next week when we'll be punching shredder in the face you know, you know what i mean like yeah. dick d-i-c department of blah 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 who knows I don't know. That's it. That's the end. Well, that was, it. it was actually it's an animation company. Like I think it was at the end of not Garfield, but um, Heathcliff. I, I seem to remember it at the end of in like the Dennis the Menace cartoon. If anybody actually remembers that, um, oh, Heathcliff's <laughs> worth looking up. The Junkyard Cats. Yeah. Oh, I actually yeah. preferred the Junkyard Cats to Heathcliff. Um, well, anyways, so they were trying to create Lupin the Eighth for um, Amer- Western audiences between TMS and Deke, but various legal issues um, caused them to have to stop production on it. However, the two companies uh, still wanted to move forward with the TV show because of the momentum they built, and they actually ended up creating Inspector Gadget, which mm. uh, created its own franchise. Um the production originally had a very tight schedule of only four months, and Miyazaki actually had to alter the script in post-production to make uh, the release date, and has said that he's disappointed with the final film. Um, and the this is actually the first anime to play at the Cannes Film Festival, so this has a bit of prestige going for it, besides just being a Miyazaki joint. Well, playing at Cannes is pretty cool. That's a yeah. pretty cool honor. It wasn't the first one to play in competition, but it, it did play at Cannes. Okay, we'll start with Jordan's favorite bits from this cartoon. Oh, man, I'm going to go like right in for, you know, a spoiler alert. The end mm. when like the buried treasure is like all rele- like revealed. I just thought it was, I wanted to just hop into this cartoon. I just wanted to explore everything. Mm. It looked awesome. I also loved, like you mentioned earlier, the like underwater antics going into the castle and mm-hmm. he's like trying to swim away as quickly as possible. I just thought it was was really fun. Fun fun cartoon for sure. Animation. Anime. Sorry. You guys are gonna kill me. So <laughs> Oh, it's fine. We all know how much I love anime on the show. <laughs> you love it. You love it, Tim. Mm, sensing some sarcasm, but yeah. <laughs> they texted me right before we started said six more animes in a row, please. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. It man. it brought me back to old days of watching TV and anime and you know, when I was just getting started as a, a young binge watcher. So Yeah. Um, my favorite bit, actually, I gotta do a spoiler alert as well. It is the end. It's actually how the villain goes out. Um, Damn it! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, because okay, so this—I'll match you for that one, Dave. It was graphic. Well, I'll <laughs> say, like, I mean, dang. the setup is pure. Like, I can like I'm thinking Snow White, Great Mouse Detective, or different. Like, how hmm. many villains fall off a cliff? I like specifically. I'm thinking of Great Mouse Detective. I'm like, oh, he's gonna fall off the uh, the, the watchtower, or not the watchtower, the big clock. Clock tower. Instead, he gets caught between the two hands as it's coming at midnight and gets crushed. Like, <laughs> like Just... I think I think it was going right, and then it w- took a left on me, and I and I really did appreciate that because I just well, didn't see that coming. 
You didn't That's... appreciate that? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, yeah, like, I appreciate it okay. for killing so, a villain in a okay. different way. Yeah. The count getting squished or crushed between the clock hands is amazing. Also, they actually took an extra second with the animation cells to, to draw a look on his face realizing that he's getting crushed, which as you said, they ran out of time or whatever to finish it the way they wanted, but including that frame in there to see that expression is perfect. Like, well, what's like, even more so is what you hear. Like, I, I mean, I oh, it's good that. sound, good sound effect. Yeah, like, it's you like, hear a good bone crunch. It is, yeah, like, they it's like, like crack, like, crack, gurgle, gurgle. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> um, my other favorite bit is like the reason the character is so iconic is like he has a thousand gadgets and he's like the first guy to have the gadgets. It makes sense that they took like, you know what they had on the cutting room floor and tried to make a, an inspector gadget cartoon out of it. But this chaotic anti-hero of Lupin the third is like really cool. Um, and he hasn't gone away. As Dave said, he's been adapted into all kinds of other stuff. So uh, I think up until squid game, I think he was like the number one, th- this new iteration on Netflix was like the number one international show they had or something like that. It, oh yeah. It, because it uh, some kind of record before squid game, the original, I think it's like a, before it was even drawn, the manga is based on like a French detective novel or something. So the Lupin the Third character goes all the way back to a French writer, I think. And so yeah. the Lupin the Third Netflix show is actually like the French detective version of of Lupin the Third, not the not the anime version. But you can see like, okay, well, obviously there's n- there's enough in the source material to continue to develop good stories out of it. So that's how strong the character is. Um, it sounds very much like a Sherlock Holmes, like even though it, like it just yeah across all kinds of in- countries and everybody's at, at done their own version of it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was so rich. I just only knew it as an anime. I'm like, really? And like when I researched a little more, I'm like, wow. I was surprised. What were we gonna say, Jordan? Just that I loved how he's flirting with all the ladies. Oh, he's, he's crushing it. Yeah, he's like a lady yeah. killer. Yeah, and Clarice totally. needs to wake up and, you know, just get her get her stuff together, okay? That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I mean, she has an impoverished country to run now that you know that all the money's fake. So their economy's going to yeah. do great. <laughs> That's why the cartoon ends. Like, you don't have to wonder, like, what happens to the characters next because, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, their whole economy is about to flatline. <laughs> and, like, and the treasure's sentimental but unless they build i guess they could build up a tourist attraction because uh, here's the spoiler guys you know my co-host almost did it for you but the treasure is completely worthless to a world-class thief like Lupin the third he leaves it behind because it's basically a buried city from like roman days or something so yeah i guess you could invite people to stay at your hotel eat some local food and then go see a sunken city you know <laughs> get some tourist dollars rolling in there um i love how the uh, the world like I don't know if they were at like was that the United Nations or something? All the other countries were like, "Oh man, all of our money is fake. Uh, let's not do anything about that because we like our positions of power. And if we tell everybody that the money is fake, we won't be here anymore. <laughs> like we won't be in power anymore. So let's just do nothing about it. You know, who knows how many people the count murdered? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's." Let's do nothing about it, guys, okay? Let's just let him keep his super ninjas and his little castle and, you know, marrying his cousins, whatever, uh, <laughs> dropping people down a hole in the castle so they can hang there until they rot away. That um, was also graphic. <laughs> yeah, pretty graphic, yeah. That's how I got that PG-13. <laughs> um, fan service is a little depression, this, the depressing. I Over the holidays, I made a joke about how much I hate holidays. 
And then like this guy named Timothy Howen writes a couple days ago on our YouTube channel. I haven't seen a Christmas in about 40 years. Bah humbug Christmas is for the rich global commercial. Do people really give a shit about the poor in the world? Question mark. Sure felt the blues this year. Isolation sucks. Um, Dave, you want to take this one? You want to fill this one, buddy? <laughs> well, first of all, dude, I mean, you know, there are hotlines to reach out to if you're feeling really bad. No, I mean, you know, it's like I'm walking a line between trying to joke and trying to be serious. I mean, like, if you're really sad, I mean, I reach out. Um, but no, at least I mean, we know I, our messaging is reaching people, huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't know, making maybe, an impact. I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I mean, I kind of work with the, I live in an impoverished area. I, I work with the mm. poor. So I, I can specifically say, yeah, I do care about the poor. Um, you know, everybody else, I don't know. <laughs> I would like to think that we're all charitable or, you know, with, with you could have just said, thanks for listening, Timothy. Feel better, bro. <laughs> there we, what John said. <laughs> the completely shallow, uh, acceptable version. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which brings us to staff picks. Let's see if, uh, We've watched anything else besides the movie of the week. Uh, Jordan, it's back on you. What Did you watch anything else? You guys, I've been binging on repeat The Witcher. Whoa. That, yeah. You and my wife. Just I, I did watch obsessed. the second season with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like think I've just restarted it for like the third time. So do you so. think it's better that season two goes from A to Z instead of A to B to C to C to B to D E Y X Y Z? Of My, the story? No, I actually loved all the three different timelines yeah. mm. in the first season. And then the last episode of the second season, they packed a lot in. And so, mm. but I love, I love both so much. So. But do, do you really need all the world building, like who, and like the politics of the elves and all that other shit? Like, do you, or can you just have like a monster of the week tale? I mean, <laughs> Dave and I texted back and forth about this for a little while when we watched it the weekend it came out and like, I love how they adapted to like the beauty and the beast story in like the, one of the first early episodes, like his friend was the beast or whatever at that. And there was like a vampire, like uh, monster there, but I don't need the world, all the world politics, but that's such a fantasy thing. Like we got to have all these nations and there's got to be elves that are disgruntled about their nation. <laughs> and like fucking, yeah, you know? I, mean, I can see <laughs> your point. They dragged yeah. that part on a little long. Yeah. You know, we could have yeah. probably packed that into like two episodes instead right. of like, you mm. know, five. And then the last episode is just like, we did so much. So we could have probably spread that out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I got to say, I like the episodes a lot better when it felt like the format of what John was talking about. Like the first, I'll say two, three, maybe four episodes just felt like a monster of the week. Like, all right, now we got a big bad and we got to defeat it. Mm -hmm. I, I liked that a lot better than, you know. Like, hey, man, I, I think, this I tree's killing everyone. <laughs> I can deal with elf politics <laughs> if it's intriguing, but I'll be honest. I don't think the show, this is not where the show shines. I think it hmm. does Agreed. a lot better when you just give them like, all right, here's a tentacle creature. Kill it. Okay. I, for me, anyways. Well, did you? I felt like the special effects got worse as the season progressed. Like I felt like they did more on yes. the minor monsters than when you get to the finale, and you're like, "What are these fucking lizard? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what, coming I, out of fire? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the <laughs> coming from? Completely agree. Yeah. No, that that last episode, we could have tried a little harder. I'm just whatever. I don't even care. I'll just watch it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> There's, they're going to slap a big E on this episode. It's unavoidable. I've had all the fun words. If you guys want to throw in a fun word now, go feel free. 
Uh, I feel like I take advantage of using the fun words. Um, Dave, what else did you watch besides also The Witcher? You're also your favorite why, show. Uh, why not, you know, why don't you go? Because I know you wanted to express some things. Maybe I'll jump off. Oh here. my gosh! Okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, because I, I think there's really okay. a few mini debates. Okay, here. okay. So they made another Matrix movie. I was really disappointed. Felt like I couldn't get my life back after it was over. Then also, don't look up. I couldn't care to look anywhere else. Like, uh, I, I like two things. I like two things out of it. I liked. Uh, they predicted the algorithm for the iPhone predicted what was going to kill the president. And you have to watch the post credit scene to figure it out. It's like a alien creature called the Bronto rock and it eats her alive. And I'm like, that's cool. And I liked Jonah Hill's funny secretary of state. Otherwise the director, it's like the director had like a fever dream and like all his worst fears are encapsulated in this movie. And it slides a little too political for me. I know Dave told me it's a satire. I can, I can appreciate that, but I just feel like it's too much. Um, and what other crap, what other crap, let's see, there was one other, I know you're also disappointed in the new Reno 911, which I, oh yeah, I'm also, I also held out to the end of the year to watch the new Reno 911 made for TV movie, and that's not good, and then, also the the (laughs) South Park, the direct to weekly South Park videos or whatever movies, they ordered like 16 movies for Paramount Plus, and like, They've been horrible so far. So well, the, these um, two last ones were they're adults. The only, out. the only thing I, the only thing that like blew my mind was like, if you listen to all these episodes that we make, guys, and like you get an idea of like what the binge watchers podcast is all about and the types of movies and shows that we talk about. Like they actually came out with a show that like encapsulates everything from the '90s, and then somehow like it's like a perfect thing for binge watchers. Like in terms of like if you took our podcast and like tried to mash it up into a. a sh- a movie or a salad, like what would come out at the other end? And there's this thing called Saturday Morning All Star Hits, which smash. impressed the hell out of me. Or Smash for short. Yeah. Which I think Dave, you saw that too. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. We, well, you. I think. I think I heard about it somewhere, and then you just all of a sudden said, "Oh, hey, you got to check this out." And we had a back and forth. I'm like, not really. Another TV show because I'm already like watching like five shows or whatever. And I was like, all right, I threw it on. It stopped your playlist, right? Stuff yeah, you basically, tracks, yeah. like I watched the whole thing in like the span of two or three days, you know, because um, I don't know. I think it was so good that at a, so at a point I wanted to space it out because I didn't want it to be over. Um, hmm. what, what really surprised me is it, the first episode, you would just gather that each episode is going to be like TV Funhouse or, or something like that, where you're going to have different cartoons that are just one segment. And it is kind of that. But then you realize that each it's like a... It, you have to watch each episode. You can't randomly pop in. There is well, between the stupid cartoon segments, there are thoroughline stories going on, and there's thoroughline stories going on with the host segments. Like it goes into weird, crazy places that I didn't expect. Yeah, there's like a overarching story playing out in behind the scenes of a Saturday morning cartoon preview show, and then the cartoons are like parodies of like popular cartoons in real life. Like they. They combined Thundercats with Ninja Turtles and created something called uh, Strongamoles. Strongamoles, like strong animals, strongamoles, right? And then they had a, they did a Denver the Last Dinosaur parody, and Denver the Last Dinosaur was made like 
late 80s early 90s and it was just like he's the last one but in this yeah in this one he his girlfriend breaks up with him and he's like a depressed teenager which was really funny it's and like then the they had like 90s they had a <laughs> they have a care bears parody where they're like all high on magical cocaine and they're trying to convince the guy that takes care of him to do the same candy cocaine with him or whatever uh it's it's ridiculous and then there's two twin brothers and one gets really popular and one wants to quit the show and then they have like a Corey Feldman type like there's pictures of Corey Feldman from when he's like an 80s teenage star where he wears like a leather jacket and has a sweater all tied around his waist and the guy who's supposed to be the type that he is in this thing is like a murder suspect for somebody that may have killed somebody on like a Saved by the Bell type show and like that's going on there's a murder investigation going on behind the scenes of the whole show it took whatever, me a while to right? figure out what they were trying to parody with the TV show. Like, it was Blossom. I was like, oh, so he's supposed to be like Joey Lawrence. And shit, like, because they referred to another actress. I, I forget what her name is, but it's clearly supposed to be Blossom. If for Oh, I thought it, I thought they were parodying Saved by the... I don't know. There's, like, too many references. I think they, yeah, I think they like, did that, too. So that's why it's, like, uh, sensory overload for binge watchers is because they crammed so many references in. Like, it's hard to catch them without, like, replaying it. You know, like... Well, like Even the, the news all star they did a they did a parody of a, a drug cartoon or not a cartoon. Oh, where all the like, yeah 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 funny helping the chipmunks and like they did their version of that for this, but it was again saying Jordan. Shit. When you were in like elementary school, did they still have dare kids like oh, dare to yeah. keep kids off drugs? So it's like that they made a cartoon with all these cartoon characters and like. Uh, and even in this show, they had like their own like behind the like after school special thing like with all their fake cartoons. It, it's just uh, kind of it's perfect show. It. Like I didn't expect to like, it's ridiculous. Be wowed by the storytelling. I just thought like, oh, this is going to be a lot of gags, and there are. But then mm-hmm. like they actually give you a story that you actually like. Oh crap! I want to watch the next episode because like what's going to happen here? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's probably the funniest. Like this, and uh, I think I told you this, and I think you should leave on Netflix are probably the two funniest things I've seen all year. Um. Yeah, go check. There out you Smash. have it. Yeah, go get smashed. Watch Smash. Um, let's see. <laughs> Don't get killed by Mother Nature because she's being a real bee this she year. Really is. There's yeah. stuff going on everywhere. What Jordan is, there's fires. And then I, I think Jordan tweeted something about like the governor was telling people, please don't go watch the fires. I'm like, what? What? People yeah, are running towards the fires and like bringing marshmallows or what? Onlookers, like, <laughs> like people were driving to like go look. And you know yeah. they're taking pictures for Instagram, and I'm just like, can we not? Can we not? Yeah. Like, why are we getting in the way of people who are trying to either help that area, or why are you trying to congest this area that everybody's trying to leave? Like the traffic around Denver, I was looking at it for New Year's. It was insane. There's a lot of hope for society, right? Well, and this is what really baffled me is that Denver is like less than 20 miles away from Boulder and they were still popping off fireworks for New Year's Eve. Like we mm. have to still Jeez. do the fireworks, right? Right. You so. can't break tradition just because <laughs> so what? There's a fire two blocks away. I can't light up some fireworks. We just what? lost a thousand homes like Northwest from oh, and they're still doing fireworks show. So, you know, that's and then. Here's some other trivia. Uh, a tree in snow tried to kill Dave by trapping him in a cabin. Yes. He w- Dave went to a place called Willow Creek, which is the name of a horror movie, but he went there anyway. I, uh, you know what? I also started Christmas to experience flick, right? a little cabin fever. <laughs> wow. like, like after, like I was feeling like Homer, like no TV, no beer, like, or just like 
no electricity at all and freezing cold weather just really sucks. No thanks. Meanwhile, I'm like spoiling all these movies that I'm watching with my electricity telling Dave just sending <laughs> well, him messages you know as so his funny? phone dies. Is another like most of the movies John said that he didn't like. I, I did enjoy. I liked Ma- the new Matrix. I did like Don't Look Up. But like one he did not mention now, I, I will say, I don't know if the circumstances is what made me enjoy it, but I watched on my tablet because I had it pre downloaded and, and enough juice. Me and my wife watched on a 10 inch tablet the Being the Ricardos movie with Lucy. Uh, <laughs> so I don't uh, know if the circumstances made me enjoy it. You know what? what? You know what? Lucy would not approve. Of that lady playing her in a movie. So, I see. I disagree because at first uh, I was distracted by the awful makeup, and I still stand by it being awful. Listen, but Nicole Kidman is a great actress, but you don't hire her to do comedy. She's not funny. But it's not a funny movie. That's the whole thing. Is it's a behind the scenes story about people. About I get people, that, but the movie but, itself is not a comedy. Okay, that's a difference though. Like comedians have some dark stuff going on in their lives, and they can get dark, so you can have your drama. But I think you still have to have a funny person who can also tell the jokes and like break up the tension and like I don't know it's a miscast in my opinion. That's but I that. Think, but I think that speaks to like Lucille is kind of a dark person in real life. Like and I don't know. I, there's a lot of the stuff that the movie got right, like the whole dynamic between the actors that play Fred and Ethel Mertz really did hate each other in real life. So like that seeing them bicker was kind of fun. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff it got right. I mean, it's not for everybody, but I don't know. Maybe I just enjoyed it because I was freezing cold and it was some some entertainment. <laughs> um, dude isn't here to tell people what we're watching next week. So uh, Dave and I have been trying to watch this movie for a long time on the show. We haven't quite figured out how to work it in, but it's here this year. We're going to watch Slapshot, which is probably considered one of the greatest sports movies of all time. It's Paul Newman playing a hockey team owner that also plays hockey on the team. It's Slapshot from 1977. We're going to take a look at that next week. So come back for that. (laughs) I was going to say stay tuned, but I was like, ah, nah, new year. Let's find a new phrase to take them out with. I don't know. Um, And I feel like Jordan's going to balance this out. She'll come back with an opinion on the Lucy movie. Yeah, we'll find out. To be be determined. TBD! See, if it gets awkward and you don't know how to end a show, if you just shout something out enthusiastically, even if you don't know what it is, then people will accept that and buy it like you intended to end the show that way. So, like, let's go look at those fires! Let's go! See what I mean? Do you want to try one, Jordan? You no, want to I try? think I'm okay for now. I'll warm up right. to that, though. <laughs> okay. I think uh, I got one. Go ahead, Dave. Let's get some fucking salad! Salad! <laughs> you know, they actually recalled, like, two million pounds of salad for Listeria, David. So... Don't get salad. Don't get salad. Thank you, Jordan. See, you get salad.